Hey, it's Hardy for the party. He's Bill Mudder. I'm Daniel Roos. Put your pillow upon controls. Here's the new. We missed the first time we're up. Let's do Disney. Not this week. Did not this week. This week. We're coming to America. <laughs> I forgot about that. Is that why this movie's named that? I don't know. I think it's named that because they came to America. Yeah. <laughs> I wish more movies were just the plot. Instead of Star Wars, <laughs> it's called They Blow Up the Death Star. Instead mm-hmm. of Die Hard, it's called Die Hard Jumps Through the Window. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so this is uh, one of my picks. This is the rare target <laughs> these days. This is one of the rare target of the party projects where it's actually a target of the party project where I've never seen t- coming to America before. Me either. Really? It's been on my list, but I never got around. We are both racist motherfuckers. How did so we racist. both miss? I thought I was crazy for having missed this. How did you miss it, too? I don't know, because my sisters definitely watched it. I remember. Really? I never. House, but I would. This, I just, uh, it's, this is, it's not something I actively avoided. Exactly, I never got around yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially, obviously. <laughs> he's, all choked, he's all choked up about it. Oh, my it. God. Literally, as we're recording this, it's daylight savings time or whatever the fuck. I have been, I, I know I joke like, oh, I just woke up. I literally have only been awake for five minutes. <laughs> this is, I almost, I'm practically recording in bed as we're talking. Uh, like, I got, I had just enough time take a piss and sit down and start then and hit the record button so uh what the hell is gonna say oh obviously we're recording this just because uh coming to america 2 came out which i'm sure you've seen uh, oh yeah i every- gotta see that before you see the first one <laughs> which is exactly what happened to me unfortunately because obviously because coming to america 2 was coming out i was thinking well this will do coming to america except for last weekend my housemate had a birthday and she had her parents over, and the movie they decided to watch after their birthday dinner was Coming to America 2, uh, and so <laughs> I wound up watching that first, and I was, it was one of those things where it calls back so much to this first movie, it's not quite a remake, but it practically is, that, like, I spent the whole movie going, I guess that must be a reference to the original film, because by itself, that joke <laughs> is not funny, and this must be another <laughs> reference, because... Yeah, um, like at the end of Coming to America 2, there's a whole thing where they put on a big party, and there's a whole bunch of musical acts show up, it's like salt and pepper and En Vogue and, and Dinah Washington mm. or whatever the fuck, and then they're like, okay, we got, we, got, we got one more big star coming up, it's gonna blow everyone's minds, and I was like, what, did they get like Beyonce or something for this? And no, it's Eddie Murphy's ch- sexual chocolate, whatever, the rock and roll guy, is who, oh, who's no. at, the, at, the, at, the, at the church thing at the beginning of... of first coming to america shows up and i was like what a great I guess character. that's a that's a reference to the first movie i guess because with if you've i mean to be fair if you're watching come to america 2 you're probably assuming it's they, they, it's probably safe to assume you've probably seen the first one me being a weird space is alien, it is it yeah is it a decent enough movie that it doesn't feel like they're just cashing in and mm, it making it again it, does. it feels a little bit not i don't want to say cash again but it definitely feels like a victory lap where maybe mm. they had an excuse. Like, it seems like everyone is having a good enough time well, okay, making wait, the wait, second wait. one. I need to know the most important question. <laughs> yeah. Does Eddie Murphy play multiple characters? Because, th- I mean, he <laughs> so rarely does it. You know, the funny thing is. Because mm. I know that's Eddie Murphy's thing ever since. I guess this is the first movie where he started. Uh, 
You know what? The thing is, like, Arsenio Hall plays as many multiple characters as him, and Arsenio mm -hmm. Hall is the person I wasn't quite sure if he was playing multiple characters, both in this, in, in, in Coming to America 2, and this. Because it turns out Arsenio Hall's actually better at melting into these other characters that he's playing, whereas Eddie Murphy's always just Eddie Murphy, just in different makeup. But louder. Yeah, but louder. No matter what mm. alternate character he's playing. Whereas, like, like Arsenio Hall, I was like, is that... It's like, I think that might be Arsenio Hall, just because he's got, like, a taller head than Eddie Murphy. But, like... Yeah, so... But, yeah, they both play... The, they... All the same characters that they're playing in this, that they're, all those characters come back in the second one, too. And... But some of those dudes should definitely be dead. Well, and that's the thing. I guess the most famous thing to come out of this first movie is the barbershop guys. And this, those guys should all be fucking dead. But no, now they're just... Instead of having mostly gray hair, they just have all white hair. But they, they don't even... I think the little dude, the one guy who was not played by Eddie Murphy or... Uh, uh, Arsenio Hall. I think he may... Because I don't know if he shows up in that scene in the second one. But, mm -hmm. yeah. It wasn't... The thing that got me curious about Coming to America 2 was... Um, did you see Eddie Murphy's Dolomite movie that he came out with like a year or two ago? I think I watched about half of it. And it's not... I didn't, like, dislike it. I just yeah, I, had to stop halfway through and never went that's back That's not an it. incredible movie, but it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Because, again, who gives a shit about Eddie Murphy? But I actually... My name is Dolomite. That's the movie we're talking about. That was essentially it's a mo it's, it's a highly fictionalized account of how Rudy Ray Moore made the the first Dolomite movie. But it was cute. It was written by the same guys who wrote Ed Wood, and it's pretty much just Ed Wood, but uh, instead of being about Plan Nine from Outer Space, it's about uh, the Dolomite movie. And that was fine. And after seeing that, they made the announcement like, okay, the same guy who made who directed that Dolomite, My Name Is Dolomite thing with Eddie Murphy, like, oh, it's like. I guess Eddie Murphy liked how that Dolomite movie came out well enough. He's, he hired him to finally direct Coming to America 2, which I know people have been talking about for pretty much since the first Coming to America come out. And that by all mm -hmm. miraculously, they yeah, Coming to America 2 did come out, and uh, which is funny too, because I guess Paramount made it and didn't like it, so they just sold it to Amazon. So Coming to America debuted, debuted on Amazon streaming the same week that Paramount's own rebrand of cbs all access into paramount plus happened which is funny because like like regardless even if if coming to america 2 is good or not it would have been a nice little thing for the like the same week that paramount plus debuted if they had like something like coming to america 2 to debut on it but instead this movie made by paramount debuted the same week on am oh i guess a shit but yeah for some reason i don't know how i miss coming to america one because it's not like if he, it it, it feels like a HBO movie, yeah. like one of those movies that you you'd hear it was always on HBO, and that's why. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll say it. It's a it's a good movie. A shocker, I know the movie that everybody loves. Is actually <laughs> exactly, a good movie. Yeah. but it, it definitely feels like a movie that people fell in love with and watched because it was on it's HBO a billion times a day. Slower pace than you might think for an '80s Eddie Murphy comedy. Uh, mm. Oh, we're talking about the, yeah, the first coming to America. And I think it's this all the swearing in it probably kept it off mm -hmm. of uh, cable. And because, like, yeah, because even, like, stuff like Austin Powers, we just did Austin Powers, like, two weeks ago. And, like, I had essentially, even though I'd never seen Austin Powers, I'd practically seen Austin Powers just because hey, I had... Hey, you know what? You know? <laughs> Not to derail you too no, much, but I went back 
and uh, I forget which episode it was, but I had I was listening to one of our old episodes for some reason. I think I was trying to find some, but anyway, um, in the old episode from like a year ago or so, yep. you said. I just finished watching the Austin Powers movie to see if we could do it for Tardy the Party. So you watched the whole thing. Forgot you watched the whole thing for the last for when we recorded that episode. Yeah, I think it's well, well because we I had practically it. seen it. So that's pieces, why so. <laughs> that's why you felt like you had seen it before. You because you well, actually no, watched even, it before. Even <laughs> well, that because I, I, I had been talking about doing Austin Powers for a year, uh, but even yeah. like when I, I had seen it, like that's I realized I had like seen it between yeah, yeah, yeah. between the pieces i had seen and everything else that i hadn't seen been spoiled for me mm-hmm. by idiots in yeah, the yeah. world like i yeah so me having seen it a year ago made no impact on that episode one yeah. way or the other anyway uh there's not where's if i cable or whatever yeah. Swear so yeah i don't know if yeah, me, sure. I, like because i know everyone else in the world except for me and i guess you have seen this movie a million times but yeah i never saw any bits and pieces of this on hbo uh, I never saw any bits and pieces of it on, like, while well, flipping through the cable at my parents' house. Like, I just, like, and I, and I didn't know much about it, aside from Eddie Murphy saying, fuck you too, when he's standing up mm-hmm. on top of the thing, just because I guess it's the most quotable line in the whole movie. And so, it was, yeah, one of the one rare, like, 80s classics, I guess you can call it an actual actual classic, just regardless of what we think about it, just because it's so beloved by other people. That's yeah, and I have really had not seen any, and which made the fact that I had only seen the sequel first even weirder because like I'm watching the sequel and I'm like, like is that, why is Louis Anderson is that... here? Why is John <laughs> Amos here? Like just like what? Is, what? Is that what happened with you with um uh, uh oh, what's the name of that uh, <laughs> Star Wars movie with Paul Rudd? Uh, Oh god! Which one? Summer vacation. Right? The summer Wait, camp American movie. Summer? Yeah. Didn't you watch the the sequel to that first uh-uh. or prequel or whatever? I mean, it was? I thought like I know they came out with like the Netflix series, and it's they, but the, yeah, I think there's something else where I had seen the sequel, and I was like, came back and I was like, oh okay, I, yeah. I think there's been a couple things like that on the podcast that we've talked about. I can't think of because I have no memory, and again, I've only been unconscious for five minutes. <laughs> You're a human goldfish. Yeah, exactly. So I yeah. God, I'm sure people listening to the to the episode probably remember stuff we talked about that like that better than I would right now. But yeah, but you saw the center watching the sequel and on top of all these gags that only work if you've seen the first movie. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, like, oh god, who else? Oh, like, <laughs> does watching the first movie feel like a reference to the second? That's movie honestly so. It's kind of muddled. I mean, it's, this it's, it's exactly why I did not want to watch the sequel. Obviously, first, it's, 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 it's yeah, it's self-explanatory. But, like, I was like, okay, well, at least I knew that Darth Vader shows up. But then all this mm-hmm. other, yeah. And also, <laughs> they've been talking about coming to America 2 for so long that I remember, like, back, like, I remember when the Chappelle show first made it big. And they were like, oh, man, if they finally make uh, Coming to America 2, they got to get Dave Chappelle to play Eddie Murphy's son. And then it's like, oh, and then suddenly, like, 30 Rock comes out and they're like, oh, man, if they make Coming to America 2 now, they got to get Tracy Morgan to play uh, uh, Eddie Murphy's son, and obviously that didn't happen, and it's funny because, like, Tracy Morgan shows up in Coming to America 2, and he has aged so poorly just in the 15 years since 30 Rock came out. Well, Eddie Murphy, that, what they, when they say that black don't crack, they are not kidding when it comes to Eddie Murphy. 
Because Eddie Murphy, he's only and gotten Arsenio bigger. Hall Actually, really, seen. yeah. I mean, granted, <laughs> who knows how much of that could be, like, CGI touch-ups. Especially because there's a whole reference to... There's a big plot point in... The, so the whole point of Coming to America 2... This is one thing that confounded me watching Coming to America 1 after Coming to America 2. Because the whole plot point of... Uh, the whole plot of Coming to America 2 hinges on the idea that, like, Eddie Murphy accidentally knocked up another woman in Coming to America 2 that we don't see. And they do this... Mm. They, in Coming to America 2, they flash back to the night where Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall go out looking for women at that club. And in the first movie, they have that whole montage where it's all just crazy women. They go for that one woman. She's like, yeah. I worship the devil, which is great. Because that lady doesn't look... I mean, she's got kind of big crazy eyes, but like, it's not like she has a crazy voice, but she's like, I worship the devil. But <clears throat> in the first movie... Well, in the second movie, what they... They extend that sequence a little bit. It's because then they use, like, computer-generated de-youth, de-aged Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy to show that, like... After that sequence ends in the first film, they bump into uh, Leslie Jones, what's-her-face from Ghostbusters and shit like that, mm -hmm. and go she somehow, like, knocks out Eddie Murphy and, like, quasi-rapes him or something like that, and she ends up getting knocked up with his kid, and so at the- I'm watching the first Coming to America, and I was waiting for there, there to be a little bit of a time jump after that nightclub scene, no, in, 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 in Coming to America 1, there's the nightclub scene. It ends with, I think it ends with, like, Arsenio Hall shows up as a super ugly woman, and then they do a spit take, and next thing you see, yeah. it's Arsenio Hall and, and Eddie Murphy walking down an alley talking about, oh, we can't, that was, that was a waste of time. And I was like, wait! <laughs> According to the mm. new, new timeline as established by Coming to America 2, Eddie Murphy should be getting banged by uh, uh, Leslie, I want to keep on saying Rashida Jones, Leslie Jones right now, so it's like, I mean, it's, you know, supposed to think about it that hard but like again a weird side effect of watching these movies in reverse order i'm like this doesn't quite make sense but <laughs> oh god but yeah we're not gonna do a blow by blow because it's daylight savings time and none neither of us could be bothered to take like specific plot oriented notes but yeah. yeah um i mean it was sunny outside so sprinkling and power washing i had to do all that shit oh you like washing the car no, power washing the patio and stuff because yeah. it gets gunky. Oh, no. yeah, patio. Uh, one unfortunate thing too is that coming to Drive America away. two is PG. Like, it's like I don't know even know if it's oh, PG. No, I don't even know if it's even PG thirteen. It may just so be. So there ain't no titties. There ain't no titties. There ain't no swearing. Oh, no. Which and again, that's the thing because like at the beginning, there's. No, it's not at the beginning because so Leslie Jones and Tracy Morgan end up in Zamunda. Zamunda, I should say. And they do the reverse joke where there's a guy like, I have cleaned your vagina, ma'am. And so I already had my cherry broken for that because then they do that same joke in Coming to America 1. Mm. Except it's three naked ladies and got their tits hanging out. I was like, okay. And like, there's all kind of swearing. Like, this movie, it's not like a super hard-edged movie, the first Coming to America, but it's definitely a punchier movie just because all the swearing and they do have tits and it's a little more... It's all you expect from an Eddie Murphy movie from the 80s. Whereas Coming yeah. to America 2 is definitely, like, made for babies. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's Eddie Murphy light. And, what a weird... Why? Weird. The, the only other texture note I have difference between the two movies, too, is... Um, especially watching Coming to America 1 after the second one. I didn't realize Coming to America 1 would be kind of so slowly paced. It feels like a movie that was made in the 80s. Whereas the second yeah. one, it, they just cut to the joke... Every joke in, in, in Coming to America 2, there's like 
no breathing room for any of the punchlines or anything, whereas in this, like, even the opening of the movie is this very slow, like, they're flying through a Beetlejuice model of Zamunda <laughs> to get up to the castle, and there's a... Doesn't sp- it take, like, a half an hour to get to New York? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, it takes a long time. And, well, and even then, they have the whole, like, very slow setup of everyone getting the castle ready for the for Eddie Murphy to wake up and stuff like that. In the second one, they wake him up with a triangle, and there's no slow build-up. It's just, like, these guys walk in Eddie, room, uh, Eddie Murphy's room and hit a triangle and wake him up. Whereas if they had made Coming to America 2 in the 80s with John Landis, I'm sure it would have been a big thing of, like, okay, you see all these guys, they're getting up, they, un- like, they, they would have unwrapped them, like ceremonial box with a ceremonial triangle and it would have been this big build-up of them walking up to the bed and you're waiting for them to... A couple kids get killed. Yeah, but it would have been more of a thing. But because it's 2021, even a comedy sequel to a beloved, like, 80s classic has just cut to the... They cut all the... All the fun... There's no air to the jokes. It's just always cutting Mm. to the punchline as fast as possible, which makes it less funny. I could see why people... Like, why this is more of a comedy classic because... As as much of a murderer as John Landis can be, um, he was good at setting up jokes and punchlines. Even if it's a corny joke, you know what's going to happen. He uses your anticipation of what you know is going to happen to maximum effect. Even if it makes you for a more slowly paced film, it's funnier. And so, yeah, and so I guess the whole genesis of Coming to America was just... Um, I guess this is the first movie that Eddie Murphy kind of, like... Rather than just being cast in someone else's film, he was like, I'm going to make my own movie. And I guess the whole genesis of this movie was he could not find... He had a hard time dating because he was so rich and famous. Mm. And so he was like, well, I'm going to make a comedy about that. And so instead of me just playing Eddie Murphy, I'm going to play a rich, uh, a rich prince who's trying to date. But he, yeah, he, he wants to be loved for, his, for, for himself and not for his money or his station. And so... Um... I guess he had worked with John Landis on Trading Places, which is another comedy I've not yet seen. And, but... Even though there's a cameo... Now that there's a cameo in this from the characters in Trading Places. So I'm sitting there watching Come to America 1, and that happens, and I'm like, am I losing my fucking... How is this a reference to another movie? It's often like... Don Amici! Can I watch a Coming to, Rel- Come to America related film that is not referencing another movie I've not seen? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah, Don Amici... It's like, oh my god, is this cocoon all of a sudden? Uh, so uh, you've seen Trading Places then? No. Oh no! I was just like, I was like, why the? I was like, Don Amici? How'd they get Don Amici? (laughs) And then, and then the fact that he said we're back, I'm like, like, oh, must be a reference to another movie. Well, you know what? Coming into America Two is just that scene over and over again, (laughs) except with different. (laughs) Where you're like, okay, I guess that's a joke, but like, yeah. Uh, And so I guess even though. Uh, I guess Eddie Murphy and John Landis hated each, hated each other on Trading Places. John Eddie Murphy was like still acknowledged the fact that John Landis was really good at his job. He's like, okay, if we're gonna get make this movie, we should do it right. We should get John Landis because uh, we he and I obviously work well, even if we hate each other's guts. And I guess they hated each other on this film too because uh, I guess John Landis was just a controlling freak and. And, but I guess John Landis always, like, he said that, like, Eddie Murphy, like, was just acting like a pig in this movie where he was just totally, like, full of himself and really demanding. And I'm sure they were both right. It sounds like John Landis and Eddie Murphy, Murphy are both dickheads. But... Not John Landis! 
The man that brought us Max Landis? No. <laughs> that alone. Even if John Landis had not murdered anyone, the fact that he's responsible for Max Landis, oh my god. And and I, the actually the actually the one funniest thing to come out of any of this coming to America shit too was I saw there was a quote where someone had asked Eddie Murphy. I guess it was on the press tour for for the first coming to America movie. They asked him because I guess the, his relationship, his tumultuous relationship with John Landis, was so noted that someone in the media, someone in the press, like was like, "Would you ever work with John Landis again? You guys seem like you're ready to kill each other." And Eddie Murphy's reply was like, "I think Vic Morrow has more of a chance of working with John Landis again." Vic Morrow is one of the dudes that got murdered on the Twilight <laughs> yeah. Zone set. I was like, that's actually the funniest joke to come out of the, the Coming to America shit. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, I guess they did actually wind up working together. I didn't realize John Landis directed uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3 like a decade after Coming to America. Oh, but... everybody's favorite. Oh my god. Speaking of a movie I've never seen before, but I've only seen the one scene, that's that's the one where like... that. That's the one where RoboCop uses the jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That's that non sequitur is worth it alone. That's yeah. oh, God. how do you know about that? University. Of I don't know. Robocop. I was looking at awful April entries last night. Robocop three was still on the list. Uh, oh my God! That yeah, that may be still too bad for us. But um, what was I gonna say? Oh, the only thing I know about um, Beverly Hills Cop three is George Lucas shows up because I did catch that on HBO. But yeah. uh. Yeah, so come to America. Yeah, it's cute. It's fine. Yeah. Cuba Goody Jr.'s in there. Is it? Wait, I need to fast, because I've got the movie queued up here. I need to see if that's actually cute. In the barber shop. Yeah, first scene. I guess he doesn't the, have a line. Is he recognizable? Shop. No. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. I was like, there he is. I mean, you have face blindness, so probably not to you. <laughs> Especially, uh, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, my fucking God. Okay. Snar Star of Snow Dogs. <laughs> An Oscar. I think, I think he won the Oscar for that one. Holy shit, he really just does... Oh, why did I not catch... I mean, also, that is really baby-faced Cuba Gooding Jr., too. I mean, that is like... Mm -hmm. he's like He looks like he's like 16 in that scene. So, yeah. Oh, he is. Um, also, watching that scene, you're distracted by everyone else. Like, Eddie Murphy trying to be, pretend to be three other characters in that scene, too. Hey, oh, my God. you know what I like about this movie? What's that? It's very positive. Like, everybody's happy. I, yeah. I like that fact. It's 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 pretty. There's a upbeat. lot of positivity towards this movie. You wouldn't think that coming from me because I'm a pessimistic piece of shit. <laughs> but I like that it's a positive movie. It's very and upbeat. The, the, the prince stays happy no matter what happens to him. Yeah, that's one of the defining characteristics of the prince is that he never lets himself get down. He never gets angry. He's always so optimistic, and he never. I mean, obviously, the whole joke is that he's always optimistic because he's pampered as shit. But there's something yeah. about like in every situation, he's always looking on the bright side of everything. And he's it, like, it's not just naivete. It seems like that's just his basic personality that he's always just a happy go lucky guy. And so that's, it I makes mean, for a very charming. You'd probably be a happy go lucky guy too if your royal penis was getting cleaned <laughs> well, that's every day. What I'm saying. Like, it's, it's that, but you almost get the feeling that even if he had grown up poor, he'd be a pretty chill dude. And which, which makes it even funnier that Arsenio Hall spends the whole movie just horrified. He's totally his kiff of just constantly mm -hmm. being. He's not disgusted. Maybe that's wrong, because, like, if he was actually his kiff, 
he, Eddie, uh, Arsenio Hall would spend the whole movie disgusting. But I love that Arsenio Hall spends the whole movie just terrified of everything that's happening around him. Actually, Arsenio Hall is just genuinely very cute in this whole movie. His whole thing is just like, oh my god, we're gonna die, we're gonna die. It's pretty great. Um, but yeah, no, it's a very... Like, I always assumed that people loved this movie, aside from whatever funny stuff Eddie Murphy does... I always assumed that the positivity that people talked about this movie mostly stemmed from the kind of fantastical... I even hate to talk about it, but like the fantastical nature of Zamunda. And it's such a nice... Mm. I hate to say fantasy, but like, yeah, there's not a lot of places like Zamunda in Africa, and it's nice to see like black people treated with respect and the rich and powerful, and there's no white people to neg them and stuff like that. I mean, that is yeah. that is a great aspect of this film. But, like, it's also, the personalities of everyone in this movie are pretty, like, cool, too. Like, yeah, especially Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is, even though this movie seems to be the seeds of everything that destroyed Eddie Murphy's career later, where it's like, Eddie Murphy, he's creatively calling all the shots, and Eddie Murphy, he's making an $8 million paycheck. It's Eddie Murphy being super self-indulgent by playing 15 different characters. Like, this movie is, the like, where it's the right balance point of, like, all those what would turn out to be terrible instincts by Eddie Murphy mm. balanced with like but still a good story a good filmmaker behind the helm like and so yeah generally, generally made a really good movie and I just like even the costumes and stuff are good too the royal handmaidens are hot <laughs> I could totally True. see why, yeah, he enjoys getting his penis washed. I even, like, there's even the joke where, like, uh, fucking Darth Vader's like, I assume that you'd have been having sex with your handmaidens. I have sex with mine, too. And just, like, I don't know, I just, the, like, the, the fact that they call attention to the, there's the, obviously that's a joke, but then they call attention to the joke of, like, are you having sex with your handmaidens? Oh, that's kind of stupid, but... Mm. Yeah, and Coming to America 2 is definitely kind of a remake of the first one. That It's the exact same plot structure of, like, it's the end of this movie hinges on Darth Vader just being like, oh, I am the king, I can just change the rules. So Eddie Murphy can marry whoever he wants. The second one is just Eddie Murphy realizing, oh, I'm the king, I can change the rules. I can. The plot point ends up becoming about his daughter becoming the next heir rather than his son, but... How is he still king if his daddy's still alive? That because his daddy stops being alive pretty quickly into the, in the, into the uh, second one. It's actually okay. it's actually one of my favorite jokes in the second one. So yeah, at the beginning of the second one, Darth Vader he's still around, but James Earl Jones is so old that he doesn't interact with everyone else else in the film. I think what they did was just like send out a crew to his house and kind of like had him <laughs> film all of his scenes in bed. But just decorate his bed so it looks like he's in, he's like a, because yeah he's obviously not on the set with everyone else. Yeah, okay. And there and at the beginning he's sick he's old he's dying, and so he's like I know I'm sick and old I'm old and dying but if we're gonna hold a giant funeral for me I'd rather be around to see my awesome funeral than than after than let you guys hold it after I'm dead. So he's like son I'm going to die. Let's hold my funeral now while I'm alive to enjoy it. And so they do throw th th this big elaborate funeral with dancing and stuff like that. <laughs> and halfway through it, Jason Earl Jones turns to Eddie Murphy and says, Son, I'm going to die now. And then he just turns and just lowers his head and just dies right there. <laughs> and it's just Oh, okay. Wyatt's guy, he's so kingly that he's like pretty much announces his own death to everyone and just dies and that's it. And it's not, it's kind of a sad movie, but it's kind of played so funnily. It's kind of like, what the hell was that? But it's very cute. But that, of course, at that point, then yeah, the, 
uh, Eddie Murphy's keeper for the rest of the movie. And, mm. yeah, they actually got his the same lady who played his girlfriend, Lisa, in this. She comes back, and she's great. And I think the only person who doesn't come back in the second one is, like, Eric LaSalle, who I did not expect that he would show up in this movie. And I only know him because he was on ER. And I've never mm. seen ER, but I remember seeing all the commercials in the 90s. With Eric LaSalle, he's a, he's a doctor. And so it's funny. And I, I guess... I, when I was in in middle school in the late 80s, jerry curls were a big thing. And yeah. when I got to high school, jerry curls were no longer a big thing. And I thought that was just, you know, just like that's what happens. Jerry curls was a fashion. I, I didn't realize, I guess, Come to America single-handedly killed jerry curls for people. Because that's such a plot point with the villain in this movie. Played by Eric LaSalle is that he, uh, his daddy is the inventor of Soul Glow. Jerry girl, uh, Jerry curl, uh, formula, and <laughs> god damn that shit's. I don't understand how Jerry curls were ever a thing. Cause that I shit don't know was... how are how are how do you go by a haircut place and they're still advertising perms? Yeah, let's how are perms still? Yeah, a thing? like weird hair shit is not unique to black people. Or yeah, god damn that. The... But at least anything where your hair is so wet that you have to wear a plastic bag around your head at night so you don't ruin your <laughs> your bedding. Oh, yeah, so there's that, and what else happens? Hey, I, I did like, you know, he's got a full orchestra, basically, to wake him up in the morning at the start of the yeah, movie. Yeah. I like how they're a magical orchestra, because they transfer, they change into a synth orchestra oh. halfway through. That was cool. What part of the movie is, I think it's the first time they go to the Whackdonald's. There's a saxophone in the soundtrack that is obviously just the synth saxophone going do 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 do. Oh my god, what happened? Mm-hmm. I guess they ran out of money at the last. Is it? I didn't even realize that was a synth uh, synth synth orchestra at the beginning. It's the late eighties. Like, it 80s. starts off. It starts off as a real one, and then God, once they're at, once they're out of sight, it's pretty much immediately synth. I think it's. I'm trying to think of the comedy where someone's like serenading someone else with a saxophone. But obviously the sound coming out of the sa- I think it's Better Off Dead, maybe? That, mm. like, in, in, like, I think it's, yeah, John Cusack is pretending to serenade with someone with a saxophone, but the sound coming out is obviously just a synth, like, like, a bad, like, 80s Yamaha. Like, <laughs> the fake, nice. yeah, oh, God. I don't know who the fuck they are. Like, even now, like, a lot of movie scores are still just kind of, like, like, Especially like Hans Zimmer and stuff, they do the, most of their orchestra stuff with like synthesizers. At least synthesizers now kind of sound like the real instruments, so you can kind of get away with that. Especially mm-hmm. if your 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 soundtrack has been processed enough. And but, yeah, but back in the '80s when all sound synthesizers just sounded like robots farting. Like I, I appreciate uh, the '80s tr- was a time. Yeah, I mean that <laughs> where that's... people were like, "Hey, I invented a new technology," and people were like, "Is it good?" And they're like, "Nope, nope but it's new." We have to use and it everywhere. Like, well, then we have to use it as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. It might as well just be eight. You might as well just use Nintendo chip tune music at that point because mm-hmm. it's it's going to about as sound as realistic. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I'm trying to think. I like I do like uh, again the whole McDowell's thing got totally spoiled yeah. for me because I guess. Uh, they move the McDowells to Africa, and including Louis Anderson, who is now like 97 years old. Like talking about black don't crack, man. Fucking Louis Louis Anderson crack because he just looks like a washed up <laughs> potato bag. Like he's just like right. the only thing left of him are his two buck teeth, and the just like. <laughs> Oh my god, but I, I guess Louis Anderson is only in this movie too because I guess the the Paramount was like you gotta have at least one white person in this movie. I was like yeah. okay. 
And in retrospect, I'm shocked they didn't get Samuel Jackson to come back for the sequel. He's like the mm. one character. They got Louis Anderson. I mean, I guess Samuel Jackson is in demand, but also Samuel Jackson doesn't seem to turn down any projects. So I don't know what happened there. I mean, like if they have, there's no reason for Louis Anderson to come up. So it's not like you can't like it's. You could argue that like he'll Samuel I, Jackson I, only plays a bank robber. Why I, would he show up again? But I feel like uh, Louis Anderson's. Um price might be a little bit cheaper than Samuel L. Jackson. He, all he wants is a can of his own SpaghettiOs from his What Life with Louie. <laughs> <laughs> so he can sell it on eBay. That's his fee. It's just, yeah. God. I, you know what? Honestly, I had no idea that Louie Anderson was alive to even be in that sequel. So when he showed up and I was like, and like for a moment, I was like, "Is he?" Like I didn't even know he was in the first. One. I was like, "Why is Louis Anderson here?" And I was like, "He." I, the only way reason he's he's had to have been in the first one, I guess. So when he shows up in this one, I was like, "Okay, he's there too." So, um, has he, did he move up to the fry cook? I think he's still just right. I think I don't even know if they make that joke. Uh, wow. it, which is weird because this is okay. This is fucked up. So, obviously, McDowell's, the whole joke of the McDowell's is that it's not associated with the McDonald's Corporation, even though all the branding is all uh, super McDonald's-oriented. To yeah. the point that in the sequel, they make a joke about how... Because I guess uh, McDonald's has always been a Coke thing. I mean, th th in the sequel, they do some awful product placement, where suddenly, in the middle of showing off how McDowell's is doing in Zamuda... Uh, fucking, they hold up a big thing of like, now Zamunda has just reached a licensing deal with Pepsi. This, 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 this burger will go down so much bigger. They literally hold up a thing of Pepsi in front of the camera and they're like, mmm, delicious Pepsi. It's fucking terrible. And, but then I also noticed there's a scene where John Amos shows up and he actually gives a big heart to heart to Eddie Murphy in the sequel. And it's actually the most emotional scene in the sequel. And,. I fucking love John Amos. My family used to watch uh, Good Times all the time when I was a kid. So I was John Amos to me is always like the kind of this figurehead of like older black awesomeness. But he is like a father figure, kind of like yeah. At least in the, it's even to me as dumb dopey white kid, I kind of parse him as a father figure. Uh, but anyway, so he's still the manager of the McDowell. Well, I guess the owner and founder of McDowell's. But like. He shows up and they, he has this big heart-to-heart -heart with Eddie Murphy, and all the branding in the background is for McDowell's new crispy, new new and improved crispy chicken sandwich, which is, which is exactly what McDonald's just came out with the same week in real life, and I'm assuming that must have been a marketing deal with McDonald's, because it's all this branding about this new delicious, because McDonald's literally just like two weeks ago came out with a new chicken sandwich to compete with uh, Popeye's in real life, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess because... This is, like, movies are all just, like, digital TV shows. You could just, like, schedule... You could just do whatever branding, because you know it's gonna just gonna happen to come out the same week McDonald's is gonna have its new marketing campaign for its chicken sandwich. It's just, like, really... So it's kind of funny they turn McDonald's into an actual marketing tool for the real McDonald's, too. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, but... Anyway. There's real animals yeah. in the movie? What? There's real animals yeah, real in the movie? There's a whole thing where, like... Eddie Murphy's having dinner with his parents, mm -hmm. uh, and there's yes. like elephants in the background. Elephants and giraffes and shit. Yeah, yeah. and then there's a scene later where he's talking with uh, Darth Vader, and they're just walking through the like the grounds of the palace, and there's like baby elephants that come up. They obviously did not have the budget for that in the sequel. There's one like, speaking of product placement. There's a thing where they have to tame a lion with a can of Friskies, but it's a computer-generated lion. And it's just like, it's so weird to see the gulf in filmmaking in between 
between the 80s and now, where, like, now suddenly, like, the, this movie from the 80s somehow had this budget to have all these animals, but now in the 2021, the only animal you can have is, like, a computer-generated lion, which if you told people back in, like, 1988, like, one of these days there's gonna be a Coming to America 2 with a computer-generated lion, but they didn't have enough money for real elephants, that sounds like something from Blade Runner, where you could say, oh, it was actually just cheaper to have one computer-generated elephant, uh, one computer-generated lion than it was to actually have, like, a whole bunch of real animals. It's like, how, how did that work out? Like, what? That doesn't make any sense at all, but... Muppet Babies will return after these messages. Once upon a time, in a faraway kingdom, lived a handsome prince. He was attended by devoted servants. Do you think perhaps just once I might use the bathroom by myself? Most amusing, sir. Wipers! And engaged by royal decree. Why? Why can't I find my own wife? We've gone to a great deal of trouble to select for you a very fine wife. I want a woman that's going to arouse my intellect as well as my loins. Where will you find such a woman? In America. So he traveled across the sea to the land of opportunity, which is where the fairy tale ends and our story begins. Behold, Simi, life, real life, a thing that we have been denied for far too long. We're in New York now. Let us dress as New Yorkers. I feel like a complete idiot. Have either of you ever had any fast food work experience before? Certainly not. This will be our first job in the United States. I am Akeem. Nice to meet you, Akeem. I have recently been placed in charge of garbage. That's good to know. Oh, my goodness! It is you! Greetings, your highness! Who was that? Eddie Murphy. Just the man I met in the restroom. Arsidio Hall. Ah! In a comedy fable of royal romance. When I look at these contestants for the Miss Black Awareness pageant, I feel good. Apparently, these are the best women Queens has to offer. Pick one and let's go home. I want to tear you apart. And your friend, too. Coming to America. Sir, I was wondering, did you happen to catch the professional football contest on television last night? No, I didn't. Oh, it was most exhilarating. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. And in the end, the Giants triumphed by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. It was a most ripping victory. Son, if you want to keep working here, stay off the drugs. Yes, And now, back to the Muppet Babies. I was also kind of surprised that Lisa's sister doesn't end up with uh, Semi, with Arsenio mm. Hall, because I thought that's what they were leading that up to. But at the wedding at the end, Semi is, I think he's with, like, the royal food taster, not with Lisa's sister, which I thought was kind of... In retrospect, it makes sense, because Semi's all about, like, he's he's the city mouse. Of course, he wouldn't fall in love with a lady from America, because he's so traditional. But at the same time, I like. Then I was like, why does Lisa in the first coming to America even have a sister? 
Because she's not like... he. She fools around with Arsenio Hall a little bit. And she's super hot. But... How would you feel about getting your ass wiped by somebody else? Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> like, if I grew up with that, if that was the standard, of course now, someone rolling up and being like, I'm gonna wipe your ass, I'd be like, no. <laughs> but, like, if you had to, like, if you grew up with a whole team, I'd be like, yeah, that leaves, especially if it's me in 1988, I'd be like, yeah, that leaves more time for Super Mario Brothers 2. I can play it while you're wiping my butt. That sounds mm. fantastic. Um, especially if my dad gets to be James Earl Jones, that sounds awesome. He's on hello down. Oh, he says when he's looking for Eddie Murphy at, at at the McDowell's, he says, "Do not alert him to my presence. I will take care of him myself." I'm like, that's totally Darth Vader line too, and he yeah. says it just like Darth Vader. And then I was like, oh god, when was this movie made? And I was like, oh, this came out in 1988, so this must have filmed, been filmed in 1987. And I was like, was he doing any Darth Vader stuff in 1987? And I was like, yes, he was, because The Empire Strikes Back debuted for the first time on network television on NBC in 1987. And they did a whole thing where, like, when they showed it, they uh, started with the interruption of, like, Darth Vader is breaking into your newscast to tell you about how awesome the Empire Strikes Back. So he was already in a cut out Darth Vader food because he was already recording Darth Vader lines for NBC for the debut of the Empire Strikes Back on network television. What the fuck are we talking about? Darth Vader? Darth Vader? They got Darth Vader in the movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. It is nice to... If it, it was very nice to watch a movie where there's not a ton of white people. I like that. Yeah, and it's not like... It's just... just, just it's a shame it doesn't happen more. And for no particular other reason than it's just about black people. It's not like a huge political yeah. thing. It's just it's just a movie about black people, which we need more movies of. I mean, if they want to demonize white people, they can too, because fuck God knows we fucking deserve it. But you know what I mean. It's not <laughs> yeah. like... They're not trying to make it into a civics lesson. It's just a movie made by black people for black people. I mean, not really, because Don Landis is in star, was in charge, and he liked to kill people. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's, you know that's what I the mean. whitest thing a, a, a man can do is kill people. Exactly, yeah. especially kill innocent men and children. Especially the the two kids were like undocumented immigrant Vietnamese kids, so that's that's the whitest thing you can do. And then have a son who's a privileged rapist piece of shit, so that is totally the whitest thing you can do. <laughs> I like the costumes in the movie; they're kind of actually. That's one nice thing about yeah. the sequel is they actually got the um, uh, they got the costumer from uh, Black Panther to do the costumes uh, for Coming to too, and that's actually really nice. That's one of the Did things. Did Paul that... Abdul come back for choreography? I saw that in the credits, and I was like, oh yeah. I wonder if this is like one of her last gigs before she became a star. Because like that would 1988 sounds about right when her first album came out, and she was already talking about MC Scat Cat and saying, "Can you be in my next video?" So <laughs> she was courting him at that time. Yeah, she was dating. Yeah, they, she had just bumped into him at McDonald's, and she's like, "You want to be in my video?" But I mean, yeah, that's in the. Uh, I, I saw there's a bit of trivia about how I guess. Also, the dance, the African tribal dance that, that, that she choreographed is just Thriller, but sped up, because John Landis mm. had directed the Thriller video, which, I watching that again, I'm not quite sure, because, like, there's some very specific moves in the Thriller video where they're, like, kicking their knees yeah. up and doing, like, Rarrr! and they're not doing that in the African dance, but... I had to take a couple, uh, when I did summer intensive, a couple African dance classes, and oh, yeah. you can just imagine a room full of white kid, white <laughs> oh, ballet no. dancers trying to do... A it was a mess. Was it like that? Terrible, but was it is it, was it like that scene from the opening of The Simpsons, the very first pilot of The Simpsons, where Lisa's dancing? I think she's a Polynesian dancer, 
but it's weird because she's like no, half naked. No, it's just a bunch of kids that are 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 uh, trained to be rigid and stiff. Yeah. And, uh, like, uh, try, and, and some poor, poor lady trying to teach us how to do African dancing, and we no, don't know what the fuck. Yeah. But yeah, this definitely looked more like that than Thriller to me. I didn't see cool. I don't know how authentic it is, but like again, yeah, at a certain point, you're not really worried about authenticity as much as being entertained. And yeah, I'm just kind of scanning through the movie now. It's cute. Yeah, it's yeah. just uh, that, that, that's that's really what it boils down to. Yeah, uh, just just generally cute. There's nothing aside from like the relatively glacial pace, but that's just mm -hmm. general just era. I didn't feel like it was that glacial. I mean, but it's just, I, 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 and again, I think I only noticed that just because I'd just seen Coming to America 2 where that's just so snappy. I guess, where, I, guess yeah. I did keep getting distracted by my phone, so that's... <laughs> well, welcome to welcome to Big Daniel Rudis while watching any time of the party project. Um, no. But there's, I do like they break the fourth wall a couple times. Even the fucking mm. dog breaks the fourth wall by staring at the camera as a reaction to something stupid happening. Um, mm -hmm. it's that kind of movie, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, God, yeah, so this is, oh, God, this is our third John Landis thing, because we did, we did American Werewolf, and we did Blues Brothers, so we've yeah. had, we've made, we've got to have the opportunity to make so many John Landis as a murderer joke. Um, yeah. it's cute they go to the museum, and then he has to freak out, because, like, there's a terrible photo of him and Darth Vader on the wall. Uh, you know what, actually, the secret best joke, scanning for the movie right now, we, we can stop soon, but. Uh, John Amos, <laughs> he has a cheeseburger phone in his office, oh, which yeah. that made me laugh my ass off. That could have been the whole poster right there, is just John Amos <laughs> with a cheeseburger phone. Oh, it's actually kind of a clever thing, too, because the whole end of the movie kind of hinges like, oh, so fucking Eddie Murphy, he confiscates Semi's money and then he gives it to the trading places guy so semi needs more money so he wires the king and says i need mm -hmm. three thousand dollars and they and the lady, three thousand dollars the lady's like why not make it an even five thousand dollars and he says five hundred thousand that what it is yeah well you know you're like fucking that <laughs> it's a little bit inflation. of a difference you know. <laughs> she says why not make it a cool meal and so he, he yeah he wires the king so i guess that alerts the king enough that darth vader suddenly shows up and I, oh, and the thing is, like, he's, oh, then that's why he says the line, like, do not alert him to my presence, I shall do with him myself. But Eddie Murphy realizes that his dad's in town because he comes back home, and it's, I like that the rose petals that they sprinkle before Darth Vader's feet throughout the whole movie, that's a plot point because he shows up. Oh, and that's the other thing, that, one thing I really actually appreciate about this movie. A, they obviously filmed this in real New York. This ain't, like, Toronto standing in for New York. This is fucking ghetto-ass Queens. And B, they filmed this in the balls of winter. Because it yeah. looks fucking cold and miserable. And they only got mm. that dirty, slushy snow and ice that everyone's walking on. And it's not like... I, especially so many Hollywood productions, when they pretend to be fi either filming in New York, and it's obviously not New York, or if it's like... If, if they remember that, s that snow exists other places... Like, it's always just like, we'll just have a little, little tufts of snow tucked here and there to show you it's winter. Like, no, they obviously filmed this through, like, a nasty New York winter, because it's just, like, shitty yeah, when, slush everywhere. When yeah. they first get to the, the apartment area, and 
uh, Eddie Murphy says something. You can see his breath in the taxi. In cab, the fucking so cab. Even the taxi when cab's the, yeah, not. They're warm. being driven by the thing, and I was like, because it, it's not just a little bit of breath. It looks like he's like they're filming that shit in a meat locker. And like no, yeah. they're just in a taxi cab in actual New York, and like, yeah. So fuck. So that, again, that's something you don't see in these movies these days. Because like that would probably be a green screen where he's standing. He's not even sitting in a real taxi cab. He's sitting on a fucking kitchen chair, and they're just gonna CGI in the taxi cab later or something like that. But. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, this is fine. Not coming to America. I beat yeah, Hades I, ten I, times. Yeah, you did it! <laughs> For all the bitching I was doing about the Pact of Punishment, I, I I keep on hacking away at that game, so, yeah. Um, yeah. What? How you? How else have you been doing? I've been doing already. Yeah, been playing or watching anything else? Uh, I started playing the Final Fantasy Online, I guess. Any good? But it, it's all right. I I don't know what I'm doing, so I don't know. <laughs> Have you played? I know a lot of people love it, but I don't know. Is this the first uh, online Final Fantasy you've played? I put, we played the beta together Did we? back in the day. Oh, that same yeah, one, the Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, yeah. I guess it's only been Final Fantasy XI and fourteen, right? Those are the only two. No. Eleven online? It was, I was think. No, not eleven. Was no, no, yeah, it was eleven because there was Final Fantasy ten, and that's the one with Titus, and there was eleven, and twelve had the, that was kind of like the um, that had the gambit system. Isn't the isn't the one the fourteen the one that was so bad they had to remake it into the one it currently is? I think so. Online? Yeah, the Final yeah. Fantasy fourteen. I can't remember what. Final, oh, Final Fantasy thirteen was the one that was like three different games with lightning. I stopped paying attention after ten. I never got around to playing ten. Yeah. So. Ten was okay. Uh, people jerk yeah. off over ten, but like, I don't know, hope you have a good time. Uh, so, are you playing on the PS? Oh, the, uh, I forgot you got a PS Five. Are you playing on the PS Five? Yeah. Yeah. Now I well, not only is everyone. I was gonna play the free trial, but it turns out I own it. I wonder. If, I wonder if they've made Final Fantasy fourteen. I wonder if that's been a PSN now. A game, a PS Plus. I don't think so, because it came with like 30 days free and whatnot. I must have gotten it on some super sale. Yeah, I was gonna like, say it must have been like a dollar. Yeah, I actually checked to see if I've. Well, maybe because you said we played the beta, so maybe by participating yeah. in the beta, I don't know. They may have just made it free to play too. Um, that... Yeah, you can play it. You can play up to a certain level. Oh, that's right. You just play. said that. So, um, yeah, man. Now that everyone's getting their stimmy checks. Uh, I'm sitting there waiting for... I haven't gotten my stimmy check yet, but I had enough money in my bank account that I could still cover the cost of a PS5. And Man, I came so close twice this week. I know, exactly. Now I'm actually in the races trying to... Oh, gosh. I, I sat on uh, Walmart's website and hit refresh at, like, uh, Mario 64. It's like, it's going to go live at 11 a.m. Exactly, yeah. And I hit refresh at 11 a.m. on the dot, and it said, add to cart. And I clicked add to cart, and it said, this is sold out. I looked at the clock and it said 11.01 yeah. as seconds. It was one second and they sold that fucking shit out because Walmart's website's a piece of shit and they don't care if people scalp it because they just don't get their money. <laughs> Do you know if there's a Best Buy anywhere within Portland or Vancouver? Yeah, there's one in the Jansen Beach area. That's what I fucking thought because uh, Warrior 64 was like, oh, uh, Best Buy's going to have PS4s or PS5s at so-and-so time, and so I went to Best Buy. And I got a one in my cart, except they said, we're not going to deliver this. This is only available for pickup. And then it mm. does, I click the thing, like, okay, where do you pick up PlayStation 5? I'm like, there's no Best Buy's within 250 miles of your location. I'm like... There's two. That's what I'm going to say. Least. Yeah, so I don't know what the fuck was going on. I even looked in there's the comments. One, there's one... <laughs> One on 205 yeah. over by on, on, on 
that side of the river and one by I-5 on that side of the river. Yeah, I even looked in the comments of uh, uh, replying to Wario64's thing to see if other people had the same problem, and everyone, like, all over the country, they were like, A, it's telling me it's only available for pickup, and B, it's telling me that there's no Best Buy, even though, like, I live, like, two miles away from a Best Buy. Mm. So I don't know what the fuck was going on. And then, yeah, there was at least, there was, I was right on, when they did the, uh, you can buy it directly from Sony, and that seems to be the best deal, because that seems to be the one option where it's not constantly crashing and fucking up. Because they, there's a whole thing where, like, you click to buy it, and they put the you... But it, it seems to be completely randomized. So it doesn't really just matter when you show fucking, up or anything like that. Just fucking make a sign-up sheet where people could put their name down, and when it gets to their name, they it would get be nice. one. Yeah. The, why is this so fucking difficult? Oh, God. And they're still talking about how Sony's talking about it still may be difficult to get PlayStation 5 for the whole rest of the year, too. So, just, ugh. At this point, it's almost tempting to go for... Because I'm sure Xbox... Xbox has got to be pretty easy to find. Because who gives a shit about Xbox? No, but, no. That's what I was oh trying to God. buy on Walmart. How bad is it? When they come out with a Super Switch later on this year, it's going to be the same shit, too, on that fucking... Ugh. I just don't think you can find one online and get it. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. I think it's impossible. I wish there was an easy... I, uh, thankfully, there's nothing to play on the fucking thing. Yeah, and like, yeah, there's... At least I've got, like, two months to get a PlayStation 5 before something worthwhile comes out. But still, it might take two months to get the PlayStation 5. Oh, man. So, yeah. But Hades! I can't believe I own one. Yeah, at least you've got the option to fuck around. Did you play the Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good uh, but yeah, Hades, I keep on thinking I'm done with that game, but it keeps on sucking me back in. It's all the relationships, like, cause like, yeah, I beat Hades once, and I beat, beat him ten times, and so I got, got to see end credits. And I thought I was done, but, like, uh, all I had to do was mop up the relationship stuff, but I guess... Because you put over 100 hours in Hades, right? Yeah, let me look back. But you, you, so, you think you've done all the story content in that game, right? No, I still haven't finished the epilogue. Oh, really? Because I'm assuming there's an epilogue, because there's obviously, like, the game, on top of I me... Have, it says played for 125 hours or more. Yeah, I've, I think I've put 65 plus in right now. Uh, I just freed spoilers for Hades. I just freed Sisyphus from his contract. I'm working on getting Nyx and Chaos back together. I thought I only had to do the relationship stuff, but now Hades and Persephone are both talking about how, like, they're going to try to do something with the Olympians, and I'm like, oh god, what's this plan going to be? And so, well, yeah, I finally got, like, a talisman from Hades, too, from my dad, so I'm, I'm powering that up, and... Yeah, I'm trying to make friends. I'm keep on giving uh, nectar to my mom to Persephone. Yeah, it's trying to, and also my big thing in that game is also trying to level up. I still keep on trying to decorate the lounge of all stupid oh, things. Yeah. And so yeah, almost every day I'm just putting like I'll just do a run or two on Hades just for. Oh, it's also Hades is great too because like when you're actually just playing the actual combat, it's mindless enough. I could listen to a uh, podcast while playing that. So yeah, aside from yeah. Uh, we're coming up on 20th anniversary. 20th anniversary. First anniversary of the Animal Crossing, and they still have not announced any kind of interesting anniversary content for that, so there probably isn't going to be any. So maybe I can finally start wandering away. Especially with Easter. The Easter event's going to be coming up soon, and that's a good... That might be a good oh, time. but you can completely ignore that, because it's going to be the same shit. Well, that that's what I'm saying. That, that'll be the perfect time to bail, finally bail from Animal Crossing. Because I'll be like, you know, yeah, like, it's been a I, year. I think... <laughs> I think you should, because as soon as you bail on it, they're going to announce something. Yeah, actually, at this point, yeah. The first, because I've literally not skipped a day, although it seems to, because you seem to have one more day recorded in the game compared to me. I don't know how that happened. Because I think we both started playing that game within five minutes of each other the night it launched. 
No, you you started the night launch. I got my coffee the next day. But yeah, I think you're a day ahead because we both like prepared notes and somehow like yeah, yeah. I do have a day ahead. Some yeah, day, I don't know what the you missed a day. <laughs> yeah, I must have fallen asleep or something. So yeah, I must have well I must have missed two days because if you're a day ahead of me, I would have had missed two. Mm. So it's I'm Bill Mudrin. I have them the human the human goldfish. So yeah. God knows I probably fucked up. But oh, you fucked it up. Well, about coming to America, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. 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 Next time we're going to talk about Peter Pan, we'll see if that's pretty good. I don't know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that got me listening. We already, to we already recorded that episode, so we know. Yeah, we already <laughs> know. Yeah, that got me. I was Last night, while well, I was after watching Coming to America, I, like, I sat down and like, well, was going to listen to the Hook soundtrack at full blast. So that was a fun, that was a fun Saturday night. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I realized, so it's going to be Coming to America. Oh, shit. Yeah. I know we keep on talking. I keep on bringing up future planning stuff for the podcast, but yeah. So it's going to be Peter Pan. Well, the coming to America, there's this. Peter Pan. And then. Oh, no, 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 no. So as we're recording What's this, happening? it's the 14th. And so that means coming to America goes on the 17th. And then Peter Pan goes live on the 24th. Oh, I do mm-hmm. get one more pick before yeah. Awful April starts. Mm-hmm. Uh I thought it was good because last night I already started thinking about Awful April for real. Because mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was going to. When be... are you not thinking about it though? Yeah, I don't know. This might be the year we do food fight. Yeah. Thick. <laughs> I, I, I down last night. I downloaded Food Fight and uh, Mike Byers Cat in the Hat. Just, just. Oh to, no! Just, to, just to, so I could start watching them, just to see. The movie that made Dr. Seuss's widow sing never again. Yeah, he broke he broke live action Dr. Seuss for everyone else. So I don't know if there's gonna the two gonna be the two we do this year, but at least my two picks that we do this year. But oof would do. They're they're in the <laughs> roster though. Man, that's uh, the food fight's gonna be like the room where I watched it over like the span of two weeks in five minute increments because I couldn't handle any more than that. <laughs> That's the thing. I've I've been living with food fight in the back of my mind for a decade. I don't know if it could ever hold up to what I think it's gonna be because it just seems so fucking bad. But oh my god, have you guys seen Raya and the Last Dragon yet? Yeah, yeah. What'd you guys think? Uh, John's only watched it like thirty times. So oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I showed that to my house. So the son. movie that's made the movie that is made for children. It seems like children like it, despite Bill saying harumph about certain aspects of it. That's fine. Oh, I don't know, especially because, like, I don't know, with the Asian shit or anything like that, or the fact that it's a girl, or, you know, I don't know. Is he into action stuff yet, or does he care? Uh, not super. Okay. Well, so really. there's some kind of creepy shit that goes on in Riot with, like, you know, all the people being turned into statues and stuff like that. I could yeah. see it could be a little intense for a, for a little, little, little kid, but... Yeah, he says it's a little scary at that part, but he's fine with it. Yeah. Because it turns out okay at the end! Yeah. I was, yeah, like I said, I was kind of surprised at how firmly they wrapped that movie up and there's no plot. Real no... I guess they could do more about the dragons in a sequel or anything like that, but... I thought they were going to leave the resurrection of the dragons for a potential sequel or something like that, but... No, that, that, that's cool. But yeah, there hasn't been too much in the way of movies coming out for adults or for kids lately, so... Yeah, it's almost yeah. like 2020 fucked everything up. Yeah. I guess New Godzilla comes out in a week or two. Oh, shit! This is the week the fucking Justice League shit comes out. The Snyder Cut. Ugh. Hey, guess what we are never doing? Uh, that could be awful April right for there, because it is April. four hours long. We could just tackle an hour for be... each week. 
Uh, is it gonna be like Attack of the Clones where people are like, no, it's actually good when it comes out, and then ten years later they're like, okay, it was actually Well, special really Egyptians have been kicking and screaming. Man, if you click on anything regarding any kind of Warner Brothers property on Twitter and look at the replies, no matter what, like, anyone's talking about, because I think, oh god, it's like... King Kong, it's being produced by Warner Brothers. Any, like, if you see anyone tweeting about King Kong online, that'll be like, or not King Kong, King Kong versus Godzilla, you'll have people, in, like, the Snyder Cut drones are just attacking anything out there that talks about any kind of Warner Brothers property, because they're just like, still, for some reason, still screaming about release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut, even though that shit comes out in a week or two. It's just... <sighs> Where the fuck did that come from? Release the Snyder Cut? Yeah. I think it just kind of became a meme of itself just because, like, when I, Zack Snyder was talking about how after his movie came out, and he was like, oh, yeah, actually, I... Because uh, the whole story was that he was, like, two-thirds of the way done making the, the Justice League, and suddenly his, like, daughter died, so he had to leave, and then they brought in Joss Whedon to finish filming and editing. And so the idea... It seemed like that, like there was only ever going to be that one version of the movie, but then months later, Zack Snyder was like, no, I actually had most of what I had for that movie put together before Josh Why are Whedon people kicking involved. and screaming about that and not the um, uh, Lord and Miller's version of Solo? Yeah, exactly, yeah. There's better... Because it is known... Better... It is known Come that on, they guys. finished... They were like a week away from finishing filming that movie. That was in a much more complete state than the, because they even came like well, and, the, so, and so well, Zack Snyder came out and said, yeah, actually, like my cut was way more complete than everyone. Like it was almost ready for release, and that yeah, that kickstarted everyone being like, all the fucking, how stupid do you have to be? He made to be that much punch. of a Zack Snyder fanboy to be all like, oh my god, we were robbed of a Zack Snyder cut of that movie. He made and Sucker so, yeah. Punch. It's widely regarded as one of the worst movies ever. And and like how just and so yeah they do and uh, that's the thing because at least the, yeah the, the Zach the, the the fucking solo thing you know that's mostly yeah uh, it's just tiring it's just fucking nerd shit I mean solo wasn't I, I the, and the solo thing would be much more interesting because that would be. It, that that's that would be interesting to see if that story could even be salvaged at all because it's not like so like it's not like the version of solo we got was like the end well, of the world yeah the but we're talking about ever. comparing ron howard to lord and miller but that's what i'm saying that would be fascinating to see just in tone because obviously it's going to be the same story and stuff like that but just in tone could they actually make some of those shitty jokes land like yeah and that's 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 the experiment i want to see that's yeah but yeah so Whatever. I've been having a good time watching the, uh, was it the uh, Harley Quinn cartoon on HBO Max though, which mm. that's the recent Harley Quinn. It's 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 pretty much. Have I talked about it in the podcast before? It's essentially just Venture no. Brothers. Uh, well, maybe you have. I can't remember. If it it's a really good cartoon. It's uh, it's 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 the adventures of Harley Quinn breaks up with the Joker and she has to strike out on her own. And yeah, it's just a twenty minute cartoon, but it's made for. I think it was originally created because like Warner Brothers had their own like DC streaming service that failed, but this was made specifically for that. So it was all filled with swearing and blood and guts and uh, all kinds of fucked up shit. So it obviously wasn't made for like you know actual normal broadcast. So it, like. But yeah, so it's just, but it's like uh, just everything from the animation to the writing and stuff feels very Venture Brothers. But it's about Harley Quinn and she hooks up with a uh, a poison ivy and they just go off and they form their own crew and they're like trying to fuck up the other uh, bad guys in Gotham. But it's actually really funny. 
Um, yeah. Joker is voiced by Alan Tudyk. Speaking of, of Star Wars solo shit, but he's actually really. Good. It's just, it's 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 very postmodern, but very funny. Um, fucking Tony Hale, who played Buster Bluth on uh, Arrested Development, plays this bad guy called this the psychopath. He's like this little dwarf guy with magic powers. Clayface is this failed actor. It's just it's it's it's, it's yeah. That that's been the one HBO DC, HBO Max DC universe thing that that I can tolerate these days. Especially because I like, I know a lot of people have been jerking off about that Harley Quinn cartoon, mostly because eventually Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy end up getting together towards the end of the second season, I guess. I still haven't gotten that far. But everyone was jerking off about how good that Harley Quinn cartoon was supposed to be. But I ignored it because also everyone was jerking off about how good that Harley Quinn movie that came out last year was supposed to be good. The, the, the one that was like Harley Birds Quinn. Yeah, the Birds of Prey, but like it was called the like Harley Quinn and the Magnificent... Ambersons? It was, exactly. That's a good matchup I want to see. But it was Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium of what are the fuck Harley Quinn stuff. And that movie wasn't terrible, but it was not good. Even though people were jerking off about like, it's a movie about ladies. It's so good. And I'm like, it's a Captain Marvel thing where like, I know people are jerking off about this thing because it's a political, you know, because it's a movie directed by ladies about ladies, but it's also just not very good. But yeah, no, the Harley Quinn thing is actually it's funny because the Harley Quinn thing is actually I think it's uh, written and written by ladies and stuff like that. So that's actually one of the few. Yeah, it's that's that that's actually good. So what am I talking about, monkey pants? Now that I've shit no, on no. both coming to America and and uh, superhero movies directed by ladies. As a white guy, I, th I think I've done my damage to pop culture. You did your quota. Yeah, I'm a white day. guy. Who judged shit made by other people wasn't very great, despite the fact that I've never created anything good myself. Except for man, that's not true. I took <laughs> take a nice. You piece. made that chicken dish that we ate, and it was yummy. Uh, when I poop so hard, when you poop so hard, like all your body warmth leaves with that poop, and you get the poop chills. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like the you piss. can hear the toilet sigh. <laughs> the crack of crack of the porcelain. When the mm -hmm. toilet says, thank you very much, um, nom, 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 <laughs> I eat your poop. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. how's, how, how's your kiddo with the toilet training these days? Oh, Still. it's terrible. <laughs> oh, no, because he's getting to be a big kid, too, so it's not just like, yeah. Some uh, kids are just stubborn. Gotta he's stubborn. <sighs> He'll go pee-pee in the potty, but poo-poo, it's too hard. Too, too hard to do. Uh, can you glue, put glue on his toilet so he can't get back up again? That doesn't seem good to for anyone. <laughs> Just like, no, your next bowel movement will be in this toilet. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. Yeah, yes. I'm trying to get yes. it. They get that look in their eye. You can tell. You can tell when a child is pooping. The poop they get a look in their eye. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. It is the whole feeling, especially when you're when you're young and the whole pooping thing, you're still working that out. Like, I can see, like, yeah, you're going to make a face when they're like, oh, no, God, poop. Oh, no. Especially if you got oh, it all gummed up and you don't want to use the toilet and you're thinking about, okay, where else can... Because he always poops in the same corner, right? Uh, for the most part. Yesterday he was sitting at the table playing with Legos and then he, he kind of looked at us and I looked in his <laughs> eyes and I was like, are you pooping? And he was like, no. I said, come on, you're pooping. Are you pooping? And he's like, yeah. Oh, so. then he lifted one cheek and just farted, you know. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be so nice just to be at a dinner table to just shit yourself. And <laughs> Nothing's stopping you. Just to shit yourself. That's a good point. That's <laughs> not cute. Yeah. yeah. But just to shit. You can, next time, just look at Joshin and say, I want to try something. 
Look me in the eyes. Can you tell what I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> he asked me if I'm pooping. I'm like, no. And he says, are you pooping? Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. That's, yeah. Welcome to be. That's America. coming to America. That's coming to America. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, no. That, that, that's. That, I mean, that really is. I know I haven't talked about it much in the past, but I guess that really, in terms of, like, staying true to the original core philosophy of the party, that was definitely a big white whale. Ironically enough, Cutting America was a big white whale for Bill Mudrid in terms of, like, yeah, that was that was a classic that is beloved by a lot of people that I had just flat out not seen any of before. It's nice to get, like, a beloved classic that's actually good. Yeah, and one of those movies where Not it's... like Blues Brothers, it just felt exhausting to watch for me. <laughs> yeah, and one of those movies that's still... Maybe it doesn't hold up as well as people imagine, but you could easily see why it was a big deal back in the day and why you can see why people still love it to this day. Unlike mm -hmm. Blues Brothers, where it's like, you can be like, okay, I can see why people think it's funny, but you still don't understand why people still jerk off to it, or you're like, uh, but it's, yeah, and like, it yeah. just, again, it, it, the, the positivity of that movie is really refreshing. Yeah. Especially, maybe that hits differently just because we're talking about this in 2021, but like, yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, even though that, yeah, they really opened the door to Eddie Murphy indulging in his worst, worst instincts that resulted in the Clumps movies and Meet mm. Dave, <laughs> but, yeah, for that Pluto one Nash. moment, Pluto Nash, like, you could just look the list. Man, what up, is the worst, what is the worst Eddie Murphy movie? Clicking on, looking up Coming to America on Wikipedia, then clicking on Eddie Murphy, then looking at his filmography, it is just... A he is like the Willy Wonka of bullshit in terms of just like the there's so many movies I've never even heard of before that he has been the star of like just in like you got everything from like tiny little indie things to like fucking meet Dave and fucking I forgot he did a Haunted Mansion movie yeah like holy shit like oh my uh, I can't believe he's still around just he and he's 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 flushed his career down the toilet and then come well, back he, so many you times. You forget how big he was in the 80s. I mean, really, like, it seems like the two big high points of his entire career was his initial run on Saturday Night Live and then coming to America. And everything else has been kind of, like, on a grading scale of just kind of like, eh, eh. But it's... Man. Yeah, this seems to be, like, his one cinematic waking point to the point that's okay. That is actually, like, like objectively good. Whereas, like, I need to go back because I remember he was... He! I mean, I could see why... He may have gotten full of himself in the 80s, especially starting with stuff like this, because he was the, like, he was the, he was the person who saved Saturday Night Live. Because Saturday Night Live, I remember, like, well, nah, I wasn't that old as a kid, but I remember all the scuttlebutt. Like, even people, like, even reading the, 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 the cover stories on TV Guide were, like, after, like, Chevy Chase and, the, after the original crew on Saturday Night Live left, like, Saturday Night Live was having such an identity crisis that, like, it seemed like the show was gonna die, but then he came in and pretty much single-handedly saved that show. That, like, I don't know, he, I don't know if there could have been anyone else in the 80s that could have done that with Saturday Night Live, because he was so transcendentally, trans transcendentally good and just luminous as a comedy star, that, like, yeah, he, he, like, whereas other people always aspire to be on Saturday Night Live, and they hope that, like, Saturday Night Live will make them a star, like, he's, he's the thing that made Saturday Night Live a star-making machine again. And you can't really say that about anyone else. I mean, 
Uh, it's funny because like I I can talk about how great Eddie Murphy is despite the fact that nine tenths of the things I've ever seen Eddie Murphy in have been terrible. But like Eddie Eddie Murphy is a funny motherfucker. And yeah. like even you know what the part of the <laughs> watching this movie we're wrapping up. I don't mean to continue like suddenly tack on an extra twenty minutes in the end of the episode, this episode. But one of the dynamics that struck me I don't know how this has ever played to anyone else watching coming to America for, uh, coming to America for the first time in twenty twenty one is that like part of what makes that movie funny to me is the fact that Eddie Murphy he, you know he's playing a really positive dude and he's playing this naive dude from you know uh, another country. But the fact that you can tell Eddie Murphy, the, like, he, obviously his character, he doesn't get the joke in any scene that is, but you can tell that Eddie Murphy knows what's going on is funny as fuck, but it's not, he's not winking at the camera or anything like that. But, like, mm-hmm. you can totally, you can imagine Eddie, what Eddie Murphy's thinking to himself in any given situation when he's presented by some kind of ridiculous thing. But his character's, like, being all, like, naive, like, oh my god, what is this? But, like, he, there's some little twinkle in his eye. That makes it like, oh my god, like, because you kind of think about how Eddie, Eddie, Murphy, Eddie Murphy would have reacted if he was just playing himself in that scene. Oh, there's something about, there's a kind of a tension there between Eddie Murphy himself and the character that he's playing being so positive. Like, I don't, I don't know. It just really works. It's really yeah. cute and funny, but like, really creates the sparkling energy that like, yeah, you can totally see why Eddie Murphy was such a big star. And, yeah. Yay, we did it! <laughs> That's the end of Thirty Party. Now I'm forever. <laughs> that, that, welcome to the last episode of Tired of the Party. Oh, we gotta think yeah. about something. Yeah, we we're sneaking up on episode 300, so. Good gravy. Oh my god, yeah, in another like two or three months, yeah, we're gonna have to decide if we want to do another 300 episodes of the show. I like the idea yeah. that it like, has to be an either or thing. Like, we either <laughs> we either yeah. decide if we have to stop the show or just like sign a deal with the devil to do another 300. God, yeah, because I think at this he point... He is so t- sick of us signing more and more contracts. <sighs> yeah, well, again? I have to... I signed the Pact of Punishment with Hades to... Mm. I have to... I have to get enemies with 15% more health if I want to get another Titan's blood. Yeah. Um, man, there's a lot of content in that game. Jesus H. Yeah, Christ. true. Anyway, so, yeah. Anyway, he's modern on Twitter, on the Grumpy Turtle, on Twitter, Tardy Podcast, TardyPodcast.com, if you like what you hear. Let people know that there's a podcast where two white guys talk about movies and they'll say, I got first time for everything. <laughs> two white guys. Yeah, raising their eyebrows about Eddie Murphy and women and women Wait, superhero sorry. movies. Two middle aged white guys. Oh, God, yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd like to think we're not the worst. I still, I'll oh, sometimes, no, I will cruise the podcast section of iTunes just to see what else is out there. And our podcast is terrible, but we're still better than nine-tenths of the other white guys talking about podcasts. Because it's so, yeah. At least we have some kind of self-awareness. Yeah. Which, then again, every white guy says that, but they don't actually have any kind of self-awareness. So, yeah, but whatever. Yeah, so next <sighs> time it'll be Disney's Peter Pan. Oh, God. Come come for the, the t- child endangerment. Stay for the racism. Speaking it's of the racism. Peter Pan. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Second start of the right and straight till bullshit. Yeah! So, I think families have some good girl say hello and take a piss. Not all. And, and, and it sounds separate. like your family's coming home too, so yeah. Yeah. Should, yeah. yeah. So, uh, until next time. Keep all your for pop culture and um, reference to the movie insert here. Fuck you too! Am I the yeah. semi? Or, are, or am I. 
Uh, who's the main character's name? I can't remember. Larry. I don't know. Which one of us is more princely? I think I'm the cute one, so I'm Arsenio Hall. I'm mm. totally fine oh, with that. okay. If it means okay. I get to hang out in a, <laughs> in a hot tub... Well, how did Sammy? Okay, okay, shut up. Okay, we're going. This is the end. So he did a really good renovation on that apartment, and like in an afternoon. But yeah. Yeah. So okay. Anyways, all right. So long, goodbye. Snarf. Snarf, snarf. Someone to kiss. Someone to miss. When you're away through here, gone each day. To be loved, to be loved, wow, what a feeling, to be loved, some wish to be a king or a queen, some wish for fortune and fame, but to be truly, 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 truly loved is more than all of these things, wow, someone to care, someone to share, Asshole.